Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Spin Room on 101.7 FM WRFH Radio Free Hillsdale. I'm Milius. And I'm Monty. And we've got the best in music news for you this week. What's what's going on in the music world this week, Monty? So, uh, King Cool released his new album, The Ooze, which got a 9 out of 10 by Pitchfork, which is a pretty rare score for indie rock in 2017. That's really exciting. I'm actually a pretty big King Cruel fan myself. So. I've never listened to him before, but his last album was, I believe, in 2013 and was released when he was 19 years old. Uh, he's very prolific for being had, so young right now. Well, the, the thing about him, he's had other albums come out since then. I think the last project he worked on came out in 2015, but he released it under a different name. He uses a, a variety of pseudonyms um, to to release his music under. So he has some newer stuff than 2013, but but yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm very excited to listen to that album. It's pretty long. It has a big set list or track list, um, and it seems very eclectic, but it seems like something that I'll really get down to, so I'm going to check that out as soon as possible. Back released his new album, Colors, his first since 2014's Grammy-winning Morning Phase, which he won a Grammy for, as I just said, and beat out Beyonce, which was quite controversial at the time. I was watching it that night. Yeah, I remember people got a little bit upset about that. Especially Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye gets mad about everything. Yeah, Kanye but. West got very, very upset that Beck won against Beyonce, and Beyonce fans did as well, but I think Beck deserved it because he's such a prolific songwriter. He's been out there since 1992, been doing his own thing, and he recorded that album apparently in his own house. There's a funny personal story about Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, so my great-uncle released a bunch of music in the 70s. Um, he was uh, not very popular, but he knew people like Bob Dylan and stuff. And there's actually, on the album Odelay, there's a sample of my great uncle's scream on one of the Beck songs. I've actually never heard Odelay before, so I need to listen to that. It's a pretty good album. It's probably Beck's best album, in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah, check it out. Anyways, uh, more music news. Julian Baker released a new single today called Turn Out the Lights. We're going to play a sample of that for you right now. Here it is. That, of course, was from Turn Out the Lights by Julian Baker, who last album came out in 2015 and was titled Sprained Ankle. That was maybe my favorite album to come out that year, maybe only second to Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens. Have you, are you familiar with Julian Baker, Monty? Not really. Uh, I know you are, though. You think Julian Baker's really fantastic, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. She's, she's super talented. Um, she was first signed by the label that um, Touche Amore started, got kind of blew up on the scene after that with her album sprained ankle she's got this kind of slow core really like a chilling almost haunting voice that she pairs with very minimal instrumentation and it's it's beautiful and you should definitely check her out Uh, her new album comes out in october that's exactly what i was going to ask that's going to be exciting yeah looking forward to that all right so this is pretty interesting i suppose eminem dissed donald trump and every news outlet reported on it and it was not even a good diss not even a good freestyle. Eminem is bad. Well, okay. I I think it wasn't that bad. I mean, for a freestyle. And yeah, it was overly political. But I think it's it's kind of neat to see him stand up to something that he sees as bad. I mean, my big issue was that it was a white rapper standing in front of a bunch of black guys rapping about other people's struggle, struggles rather than his own. 
and I feel like it would have been more poignant had Kendrick Lamar or someone else done it. I feel like Eminem was just, you know, trying to gain favors by doing this with people. See, and I, I kind of disagree with you here. I would say that I think that it's almost more important that Eminem stood up and did it instead of someone like Kendrick Lamar. Because if it was someone like Kendrick Lamar that stood up and did this, you'd have people on Fox News and on Infowars and stuff just saying, oh, look at the black person complaining again. I think that the fact that it was Eminem that did this does, in a way, change the narrative that people can try to talk about. I but mean, I, I guess it was still a really trash freestyle. I'm not a big fan of Eminem. That's that's totally fair. I, I mean, I'm not... I used to be a huge fan of Eminem back in, like, middle school, but... I think my mom's a big fan of Eminem. You see, your mom seems like someone who would like Eminem, Auntie. <laughs> Does that count as a your mom joke? Zing! Uh, Def Grips released an 11-minute <laughs> song called Electric Drum Solo Electronic Dub Electronic Drum Solo. Dub Electronic mix. Dub Solo. Uh, what What am I talking about? Uh, it's basically free improv, and it's not very good. It, they released, I think, something earlier this year as an EP. It was a 22-minute long song that was actually pretty decent. It was wonky and gabber. And a whole list of eclectic electronic styles that they've been working with recently. Um, reminder that this band broke up in 2014. And they're still making music. Yeah, they released an album last year that was pretty fantastic, <laughs> actually. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Def Grips. I think that this latest single is something that was more or less an outtake or something they just did when they were screwing around in the studio. It's not very good, as I it said. Was, I think that this is actually the music that came from a tour promo earlier this year. Really? Um, and this is the full take of that. That's what I heard. Um, reading online about it. I agree it's not very good, but people were asking, hey, where's the music from this promo? So they just released the whole outtake, basically. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Give it a listen. There's a new Sufjan Stevens song out called Wallowa Lake Monster. We're going to play a sample of that for you right now. We followed her to Joseph near the Indian raid. She wept among the weeds, hide and seek for the fallen chief. Spare the phylum on his grave. That, of course, was Wallowa Lake Monster by Sufjan Stevens off of his new upcoming EP, I think. It's it's more or less outtakes from Carrie and Lowell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Sufjan has been at the top of his game. We're really witnessing an artist at his peak right now with Sufjan. And you can make the case that he was at his peak when he released Illinois in 2005. But really, Sufjan has been getting increasingly better, increasingly more eclectic. And I believe this is a hot take, but the Bob Dylan of our time. Uh, I don't know if I would go quite that far because I don't think that Sufjan Stevens carries the same political no, implications. No, he doesn't carry the same political implications. But however, artistically speaking, however, um, I will say I do think that this is Sufjan at his best. Um, I'm a big fan of this song, Wallowa Lake Monster. It makes me think of home because, of course, Wallowa Lake is a place in Northeast Oregon, and me, the Oregonian here, big fan of that. Um, Carrie and Lowell is one of my favorite albums to come out ever. Sufjan released a live album this year and also did Planetarium, both projects which in my mind were 9 out of 10s, fantastic projects. And is just such a great artist. I love Sufjan Stevens. He's he's a great artist. I can't disagree with you there. All right. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're going to get into the crux of this episode, which is the review of Liam Gallagher's new album, As You Were. So, this Liam Gallagher. 
It is an album. <laughs> uh, Liam Gallagher, if you don't know, he's from Manchester, England. He played in the wildly popular band in the 90s, Oasis. They released Wonderwall. Because maybe. Uh, until 2009, Oasis was a be thing. The one that saves me. Uh, he's a tabloid figure in the UK because of his wild antics and his relationship with his brother Noel, who played guitar in Oasis. And he's just quite insane. But he's been hugely influential on British rock music post 1980 and has. His music has pushed forward bands like Coldplay and Keen and other, you know, Britpop acts um, post-2000. So he's very influential. And when Oasis broke up, he formed a new band called BDI, which was terrible. It was bluesy. They tried to be the British um, Black Keys. That fell apart. And then Liam decided to do a solo album after about two years of silence and saying he was quote-unquote retired from music. And at the heels of making fun of his brother on Twitter constantly. This dude's the Donald Trump of music. I'm not even <laughs> joking. So anyways, how did you feel about this album? The, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get, we'll, into we'll get into that. I really don't know what to say about this album. It really didn't leave much of an impression at all on me. I, uh, this album, to me, nothing stood out about it. It was very boring. It's not bad. It's just also not good. So I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm a massive Oasis fan. Oasis got me in the music. I have most Oasis on CD. Uh, I have a couple of Oasis vinyl records. Um, and I will defend the band to the death. I love Oasis. I um, am not a big fan of Oasis myself. However, they have some good songs. Um, so my general opinion, and I'll get into it more as we go on. My general opinion of this album is I think Liam does a lot of things correctly here, but I also think he does a lot of things wrong. And something Liam and Oasis in general have always struggled with is production. And listening to this album, the production, it's so overproduced that I think a lot of the great elements of this album just fall to the wayside. And you're left with something of a husk with a lot of great elements to it, but it just doesn't come quite together. That said, there's still a lot of great moments on this album. So starting off, this album starts off with a song called Wall of Glass. It was released as a single. Um, it wasn't the first single, I believe it was the second one. And it's very melodic and driven by a pretty heavy bass and a harmonica. So it's using Oasis motifs. And I don't think it's one of my favorite songs on the album whatsoever. I feel like it's a bad start to the album. As soon as this song started, I got images of BLI in my head with the stupid little harmonica riff that Liam has at the beginning no, of this song. No, the harmonica's annoying, and the thing is, Liam can't really play that many instruments. He's a vocalist, and he's a great stage performer, and he plays tambourine, and that's about it. He plays a little bit of guitar, too. Um, which once, is a, yeah, yeah, but once, once you get through that little intro bit, this isn't a bad song. No, it's I, not it's, terrible. It's one of the better ones on the album. Let's, let's play, let's play a, a sample of this right now. This is from Wall of Glass by Noel Gallagher. Sorry, Liam Gallagher, Liam Gallagher not Noel Gallagher. Here it is. That was Wall of Glass by Liam Gallagher. Not Noel Gallagher, as James said previously before. That's his brother, uh, who I have a feeling has a lot more talent than Liam. So, overall, a decent song, I guess, to the start of the album. It really didn't leave an impression on me. Moving forward to Bold, though, I liked Bold a lot more. That was the second, album, or second song on the album, and it feels like something Noel would sing, especially through the entire thing. 
I just was longing to hear Noel's voice on this, and I'm longing to hear Oasis, like the Oasis take of this. I really love the chord progression here. I could care less for the hand claps at the end, when, um, but when they're paired with a really cool driving strings, I think it does add an added effect. And it feels like something that would actually be off of Be Here Now, which was Oasis's third album and really marred by the fact that it was overproduced and just had layers upon layers of cocaine-induced guitars, <laughs> but also was low-key a masterpiece because of that. Mm, that's a very uh, hot take. <laughs> it feels like be, a more... Be Here Now is not a masterpiece. Yeah, it's not a masterpiece. I'm, I'm going to rescind Monty's statement here for him. That album is not it's a masterpiece. It's not a masterpiece, but it's a, it's a banger, uh, for oh sure. Gosh, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, in, in my mind, Oasis made two albums and then stopped. But to each uh, their own, I guess. So basically, you I just mean, see they're Liam. No it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I really do enjoy this song, though, to a degree. I feel like it's overproduced, as I said before, but I feel like Liam really scaled back the monstrosity of Be Here Now and channeled that into a song that was a lot more centered and a lot more focused. See, I think this song is too long. It sticks on the same motif for too much of the song. Um, it doesn't really go anywhere. It, it just kind of runs itself in circles. And nothing's technically bad about it, it other than it's overproduced, but it just didn't leave any real impression on me. And I found that this is a theme that repeats throughout much of this album, to me at least. So skipping forward very quickly for Greedy Soul. Greedy Soul was a song that I thought actually started off fairly bad. Like, this is a common theme throughout this album. I feel like a lot of the songs start off very generically and then move into something bold and a lot more stated and a lot more lush, which I really enjoy. And with this album, it starts off with a very rattly vocal production, which is one of my musical hatred devices. If you want me to hate a song, you'll start off with this Black Keys-esque vocal style production, which is just rattling and sounds like it's trying to be Fox bluesy. It's terrible. It, the word is foe, not foe? Fox. Yeah. I've never known that. Thanks for correcting me there. <laughs> so Greedy Soul falls into this trap of trying to create a harder song, but ultimately it develops into a catchy chorus, and Liam pulls it off, and wailing guitar and horns come in at the end, and it sounds like this is a reference which only... Britpop fans will get. It sounds like Taxman by Manson, which released, was released at the tail end of Britpop and was a fantastic song, although a bit weird. Ultimately, it grows into its own and provides a very solid moment. So Paper Crown is next, and James, that's one of your favorite songs of the album, right? Yeah, I kind of liked Paper Crown. Um, let, let's play a sample of that right now. This is Paper Crown from As You Were by Liam Gallagher. Here it is. Halfway down the road and ain't it funny how the ghosts they fade and suddenly appear That, of course, was from Paper Crown by Liam Gallagher. I What I like about this song is that he takes a step back from the overproduction that mars most of this album. And this song, it, it's acoustically driven. It does yeah. build up into something more later in the song, but it's, it's simple. It's to the point. And I think that Liam really is at his best on this album when he does keep it more simple. He gets to the point and doesn't just let the song run itself into the ground, which I think a lot of the songs on this album do. So with Paper Crown, it's also one of my favorites, which is surprising because it's an acoustic track almost. Um, and it sounds, you can hear Liam's influences coming through on this song especially. It sounds like very Beatles-esque. It sounds like Blackbird if I had to pick something to connect it to. 
but it also has an overwhelmingly 90s feeling to it, which I really, really, really like. Speaking uh, of the Beatles references, he makes a couple in this album, if you listen closely. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a second here. When he's on Chinatown, he talks about happiness still being a warm gun, which yeah. is a reference to happiness is a warm gun by the Beatles. Liam is a massive fan of John Lennon. And he, in the 90s, if you look at how he dressed and how he sang and just the vocal production and style of Liam in general, is very Lennon-esque. And he once very, 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 very badly called himself the reincarnation of John Lennon. I've never heard, I just want to take a step back for a second. I've never heard the term Lennon-esque not refer to, to uh, Lennon, the communist icon. <laughs> but I, I guess it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, moving past Paper Crown, which I also want to say has a similar chord progression to Say Yes by Elliot Smith. Um, Which is a better song? Yeah, far by, better by song. a better artist. That's a, that's a far better song. I'm not going to debate that. Is that even a question? For <laughs> um, what it's worth, is been considered the reconciliation track with Noel, his brother, who was a better singer in Oasis, in my personal opinion, just better musically. Uh, did nothing for me. A lot of people I know love this song. I am not one of those people. No, I also did nothing people. for me. It felt cheesy to me. When you so. Between Paper Crown and Chinatown, there's a lot of songs that don't do much for me in general. Like, you know, For What It's Worth, When I'm In Need, You Better Run, I Get By. None of those songs left any sort of impression on me. I listened to them a couple times, but they... When I'm In Need is pretty cool. I, I'm going to be honest. It's a grower. Um, has a beat, It's another Beatles song. It sounds like something Manson would have put out in the 90s, but with a specifically Liam and modern take to it. And I really like the strings on this. What this album does best is when it's not brash and annoying, when the strings and the vocal harmonies and everything comes in, it sounds so cohesive and beautiful. And I wish Liam would really grasp that rather than throwing that to the wayside at the end of the tracks and really start and make a more progressive thing here. So When I'm in Need is okay. Uh, you Better Run and I Get By are pretty interesting. Uh, I Get By sounds like a jilted pop track and also has a bluesy feel to it i really don't like the bluesy feel this album presents but getting to the best song on this album chinatown i would agree with that chinatown's a nine out of ten track it's uh, fantastic i i truly think it's one of the best things liam or oasis in general in that general sphere has ever put out because it's that, so that radi- might be true it's so radically different it's i don't know weird. if i call it a nine though it's 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 so <laughs> radically different uh, it's like a seven and a half. When you but. contrast it to the rest of the album, this is Liam experimenting in Liam's own sphere. Liam doesn't like to experiment. He said the, on Twitter, or no, on his Reddit AMA, he said the time he adds a saxophone into his music is the time that he's gone crazy. <laughs> this dude does not like to experiment, yet this is Scary a by the books. experimental song by Liam's style. Uh, I love how it has... The Beatles reference at the start. Vocally, it stands apart with an echoey production. It uses folksy guitar and almost feels like a folk pop song. And it has a synth that comes in that adds a lot of flavor to it. And it just saunders along. And it's beautiful. It's progressive. It works within its time span. And it's one of my favorite songs from this year, probably. It. I will say this is my favorite song from this album. It's definitely not one of my favorites from this year. Um, but it's good. This is a good song. We're going we're we're gonna gonna to play a sample. sample. Jinx. Here it is, Chinatown by Liam Gallagher. What's it to be free, man? What's a European? Me, I just believe in the sun. 
That was Chinatown by Liam Gallagher, my favorite song on the album. Uh, so moving towards the tail end of this album, Universal Gleam and Come Back to Me really don't stand out that much. Universal Gleam, though, is a pretty good ending song, or close to ending song. And then all I need is the pointy ending song, because I think it's him really stating that he wants to remain solo and not form back with Oasis. There's been rumors of an Oasis reunion, which I really hope happen. But again, these last three songs really do nothing for me. They're more subdued, they're less bluesy, but at the same time, I really don't feel like they have a lot of the elements with Chinatown and other songs in here that I thought were fantastic. Um, so what are your overall thoughts about this album? I'm not going to say that this album is bad, but I'm also not going to say that it's good. It's very, very boring. It's too long for its own good. There's only really two, maybe three songs that stand out, in my opinion. And uh, I also, I have uh, one more thing yeah. I want to say is that if Liam Gallagher is going to talk so much trash on Twitter and on the internet and talk about how he's like, oh, the next John Lennon and stuff. I mean, he hasn't explicitly he said, hasn't that. said that. Since he better have something to back that up with, which he has not proven here. Overall, I think this is a pretty good modern updated Britpop album, but it is something that I think says a lot about an artist which is so far removed from the time at his peak, which was 1995. So this album for me is about a 7 out of 10 to a 6.5. I'm going to give this a 4.5. It's not, not very bad, but it's definitely below average for me. I'm not a fan. That's all we have for you this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, you're listening to The Spin Room with Monty and Milius on 101.7 FM, WRFH, Radio Free Hillsdale. Thanks, guys. Thank you.